Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Bill Crystal, who is essentially the general marshal of the modern Republican Party because the Crystal plan is in place, Bill. No debt ceiling fight and no immigration fight. Yikes, I'm not sure I want to be the general marshal <laughs> or even the you know strategist behind the scenes pulling all those strings, like, like someone else said to me today, of the, uh, of the modern Republican Party or the House Republican Party. I did suggest, I guess, what, two or three weeks ago in an editorial mm-hmm. that Maybe we, they could just let the debt ceiling go through. Uh, most grassroots conservatives, most uh, most members, most House Republicans will vote against it, against the debt ceiling hike. But the Democrats presumably are committed to voting for a clean debt ceiling hike, and there'll be enough Republican votes to put it over the top. The Senate will pass it, get it out of the way. No threat of government shutdown, no threat of default. Uh, those are just not fights we've been Republicans have been able to win in the last few years. And then in return, I, I did say leadership should give up on its insane uh, idea of uh, having a huge intra-Republican immigration fight for the next bunch of months. And it looks like uh, Speaker Bader's backed off on that, though, I don't know, that immigration is like a zombie. You never can quite (laughs) be sure that it's dead. But I I think it's getting there. And then we could focus, you know, Republicans and conservatives can focus on real issues like Obamacare, which the president has just, again, sort of decided to change the law arbitrarily on yesterday. So I, there's plenty of good news for Republicans if they avoid shooting themselves in the foot. And I think they're they're beginning to avoid that a little more than they have in the past. I would say you saw some evidence of that at President Obama's uh, appearance with the president of France today. Obviously, he was asked a lot of questions not related to the French. He didn't have a lot of questions there weren't a lot of Republican issues for him to deal with, unlike in the past where he could say, oh, look what they're doing with the debt ceiling, or look, they're shutting the government down, or look, they're pandering to whatever. Because the Republicans were smart enough not to take the bait to follow the Crystal Plan, which I will, Bill, before this is, I will have uh, you know, nailed this, I'll have it registered trademark to the Crystal Plan, Great. has left Great. the Thank president, you, but they, it's left the, left the president with nothing to talk about but his own policies, which, of course, is a disaster for the White House. Yeah, and Obamacare in particular, which remains the central policy, of, you know, the central legislative achievement, if that's the right word, of this administration. Um, I just think you can't have enough focus on it there. I, I don't think Republicans should be passive, mind you. I think having gotten out of their own way on the debt ceiling, uh, putting immigration aside, they've got to be aggressive over the next several months, passing various um, suspensions of, of mandates in Obamacare, challenging the president why, if he's suspending it for companies between 50 and 100 the laws of economics change if you have 101 employees, or shouldn't we suspend it for everyone? And then what about the laws for, of economics and of health care for individual families and for individuals? And shouldn't we suspend it for them? And just stay on the offensive in terms of getting rid of uh, any chunk of Obamacare we can and letting people escape from Obamacare as much as they can. And stay on the offensive on a bunch of other issues where the president's policies are pretty clearly, I think, hurting job creation, hurting middle-class opportunities and so forth. So uh, I'm not for Republicans being at all passive. Some, some people here in Washington are. You know, just get out of the way, right. let everything implode, don't do anything. I don't think that's good advice, but I think get out of the way on a couple of things, and then go on the offensive on Obamacare, on uh, opportunities for middle America, on the cost of higher education issues like that. I think that's the way to go. And I will say, you know, you and I have talked about this so many times, the Republican Party had, a, it had kind of a rough year in 2013, I think better than one might have expected at the beginning of 2013, when it was total disarray. I do feel as if in the last couple of months they've sort of pulled it together. You do see senators uh, beginning to, and congressmen and candidates saying, hey, you know, I think we need to have some fresh ideas, forward-looking ideas, strong, limiting government ideas, but not simply pretending that the government's going to go away tomorrow. So let's figure out how to improve these programs and, and reform them, not just get rid of them, uh, get rid of some of them, but reform others. 
you see that spirit much more, whether it's Mike Lee in, in the Senate or a lot of younger members in the House. Um, the 2017 project, which I'm chairman of, put out uh, this uh, healthcare, conservative health care reform alternative yesterday. And today, Jeff Anderson and I got a phone, were on the phone with a, a senior aide to a pretty senior Republican senator saying, well, we're really thinking of taking this. We might tweak a few things and putting it into legislative language. I mean, I, I'm just encouraged that there seems to be a little more of an appetite right. for conservative governance mm-hmm. and conservative ideas among Republican elected officials than there was three or four months ago. But before you can govern, you have to win control, and in particular control the Senate. And Absolutely. there's a strategy. I was talking to Mark Stein, who's a pretty smart guy himself, earlier today, and he was asking, why aren't Republicans, every time President Obama makes another fiat change to the law, why doesn't the House immediately say, okay, great, here is your spending measure to match that fiat. Oh, you don't need the uh, uh, the enforcement of the individual mandate for two years? Great, then we'll take that money out and then send it to the Senate and make Senate Democrats vote for money for an activity that their president has killed. Because I think par- we're still not there yet on really embedding it in the mind of a typical guy who's going to vote just how awful Obamacare is and how awful it is for them. I think they have a general sense, but I think we need to keep the heat on on that, in addition to, as you just pointed out, moving forward with other better ideas. Yeah, that's a good idea, Mark. I hadn't thought about the taking out particular spending parts, and I mean, I suppose Harry Reid would just kill them in the Senate, and since they wouldn't pass, you know, you'd revert to what the previous spending levels were. But still, I think that's the right kind of idea, because mm-hmm. I do think you need to bring this home to people. You need to put the Senate Democrats on the spot, and especially with Obama's just uh, arbitrary and you know unilateral changes in these laws that are passed. Uh, Jeff Anderson has a good piece on this, uh, up on this, on actually on National Review online, uh, this time not on the Weekly Standard, but uh, still an excellent piece, um, <laughs> you know, pointing out just how amazing the way people talk about it. The administration is deciding what other parts of the law to suspend. Really? Do they get to do that? I mean, what, you know, we're not talking about suspending regulations, which sure. they arguably could do, even there, there are constraints. This is a law that was passed. Don't you have to go back to Congress mm-hmm. to change provisions of the law? So I think finding ways to dramatize that and, and bring that home to people, how arbitrary the administration is being, how much damage really it is doing to the principle of the rule of law, uh, is really important. And, and Mark Stein's idea is one way. You could also, um, you know, there are other things the House could do. I do think the House is the one body that can pass things and put the Senate on the spot, and they just need to keep doing it uh, in, in various ways to bring, this, bring these issues home. Uh, and also maybe making the point that if the president can, in fact, arbitrarily declare what parts of Obamacare exist and don't, then President Cruz will be able to simply declare the whole thing gone. And what will Democrats be able to say except, well, hey, he's the president. He gets to do what he wants. And it is a point to make, and it's a point Cruz himself made this point in his piece about a week ago. That he doesn't really want a Republican president to be able to, to choose what laws to waive. We really do want the rule of law here. It is kind of what distinguishes us a banana republic or from one of some one of these places that has elections every four years and then whoever wins just randomly changes laws without going through various constitutional and legal processes and like getting the legislature to agree and so forth so it really is important i mean this is actually an important issue and and in some ways in this respect obamacare is becoming about more than obamacare you know it really is becoming about how do we govern ourselves right even if you like obamacare if you like the way insurance is now provided, and if one liked all kinds of other aspects of it. You know, I think if you were a serious, one were a serious liberal who cared about the actual integrity of the government, pro- governing process and the rule of law, 
one would have to be getting awfully squeamish about the way this is being done. And you are seeing that a little, incidentally. I do think the way in which even the mainstream media reacted to his announcement, Obama's announcements yesterday were, was strikingly unenthusiastic and sort of, eek, you know, exactly what is he doing and how, how, does, how does this work, you know? Listen, Bill, I can't sit here and listen to you say banana republic. Please, Bill. In a banana republic, opponents of the people in charge get audited by the tax services. They have regulators from the government show up their business for no apparent reason. The FBI shows up. I mean, their reporters have their family members. And if you're, running a, news, if you're running a radio program like you are and a, and a, and a, and a right. magazine like we are doing podcasts and all that, Someone from the FCC might show up and ask, really, is this uh, explain the principles? <laughs> Those things don't happen. What topics please. you cover. Whoops, I guess that's happening here, too, right? <laughs> Listen to me. That was a pretty amazing piece in the Wall Street Journal by that FCC commissioner. I didn't realize that, that they've got people going around the country, beginning to go around the country now, asking people in news organizations right. uh, what they cover and why. Well, they haven't shown up here uh, uh, at the New England Talk Network yet, Bill, but uh, I'm not going to worry until the day comes when a reporter and his family members have their phone records grabbed by the Department of Justice, and that'll <laughs> never happen in yeah, the United point. States. <laughs> Bill Crystal, thanks so much for cheering us up here on the weekly it's stand. We can, it's good that we can still laugh about this, you know. I hope when the day comes our cells are near each other so we can keep laughing. Exactly. It'll be great. Exactly. Good talking to you, Michael. Uh, Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard Podcast. Uh, please be sure to Check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.